Hello and welcome to the Civil Disobedience Podcast. I'm the host, Casey Parker, and this is going to be our first dissident episode. And today I'll be telling the story of Helmuth Hubener, Root, and his friends Rudy and Carl. So they were three teenagers that dared speak and share the truth during World War II in Nazi Germany. So when Helmuth was a boy, he was part of the Boy Scouts and really enjoyed the adventure and, and learning that the Boy Scouts gave him. But eventually Germany banned the Boy Scouts and instead, I mean, it was already established, but instead was pushing the young men to join the Hitler Youth. And so Helmuth joined the Hitler Youth and really wanted to have those same adventures and and that fun that he had kind of in the Boy Scouts and actually really for a while, for a long time really enjoyed the Hitler youth and the fun that he had and and everything like that with them until until one day the Hitler youth began to kind of espouse or I guess act out on the same belief systems that the actual Nazis were and they were picking on Jewish kids, Jewish people, everything like that. And Helmuth, it didn't really sit well with him at all. And so that was kind of a, a point where he, he stopped associating himself with the, the Hitler youth. And a real tipping point for him was the Kristallnacht, the Night of Broken Glass, which was when the Nazis, Nazi party, and those members went around and destroyed is essentially the Jewish livelihood within Germany and and smashed buildings and and really created a, and businesses and really created a, a lot of damage to the Jewish community within Germany and so that was kind of a tipping point uh, for Helmuth and how he how he went about his I guess transformation from being a an active member in the Hitler youth to kind of taking a step back because he didn't like how the Jews were were being treated and the, and the level of anti-Semitism that was in Germany to include it, his his own church and the pressure at his own church. So he was a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his, his uh, branch president or pastor at that uh, congregation was a member of the the Nazi party which was just a at the time was a political party just like any other essentially and he w was trying to be a good party member a good German citizen and, and things like that and so he posted a, a no Jews allowed sign on the door and now now it's easy for us to armchair quarterback this far removed from the war and everything like that and I still don't think it was right for him to do that, but can also kind of understand where he was coming from, even though it was definitely wrong. And so this was, again, a tipping point for, for Helmuth, and he started to kind of, I guess, question things a little bit more. And, and one day his, his brother Gerhardt, who was a, a Nazi soldier, brought home a shortwave radio and that short wait when he was on uh, I guess a sabbatical from uh, the the war 
and uh, the radio needed some some work and so Helmuth fixed it up and got it working and one night as he was kind of turning through the dials heard this is BBC London and now the news in German and that was pretty much the beginning of the end and at that point it was it was pretty much game over because he started to listen to the BBC and was convinced that the BBC was telling the truth about what was going on in the war and he was convinced because of the level of detail and the amount of information that the news reports were were sharing and how much of it was going in was in contradiction to what the Germans were were putting out and at the time the Nazi party had outlawed foreign radio and this was a major part of what Joseph Goebbels was doing to control the news and propaganda in Germany and so essentially it was a, a death a death sentence to listen to foreign radio and and uh, Helmuth couldn't pretty much couldn't get enough and ended up sharing the broadcast with some of his friends a couple of them Carl and Rudy and so the three of them began to listen to the BBC and talk about the the news and pretty much the goings-on of of World War two and they knew how dangerous it was they knew what they were doing was dangerous and it, that it was a death sentence but they were hooked they were nosy they wanted more information they wanted to know things that others didn't and it probably had that that flair and that adrenaline because of the danger that was tied to it and so they might have even liked that a little bit because it was exciting and new and so as they started to learn a little bit more about what was going on and and the truth of of the war Helmuth kind of began to to question and looked at things kind of in a different light and asked his friends Carl and Rudy like pretty much like are we not raised to tell the truth are we not supposed to share the truth with with others and so that was kind of a, that was kind of uh, the beginning of of him and his rebellion or dissidence to the Nazi party and in in his uh, in the in the congregation that he was part of he was this an assistant secretary and by having that assignment he had access to a typewriter and took that typewriter home because he needed to the the pastor <laughs> the pastor asked him to write letters to fellow members of the church and to and to write missionaries who were out preaching the the gospel and and things like that so he had the t access to the typewriter as well as access to official nazi stationary paper and even an official nazi stamp so he took all of those components took them home and started to write and distribute leaflets and pamphlets and and things like that based on a lot of the information that he was getting and gaining from the BBC London broadcasts and at the time a typewriter was was pretty much more lethal and de deadly or dangerous to Nazi Germany to the Nazi party than an actual pistol or anything like that because they couldn't afford 
to let the citizens know the truth, which is why Goebbels was hounding everybody with and pushing so much propaganda throughout Germany. And so Carl and Rudy were recruited to help Helmuth with distributing pamphlets and distributing leaflets throughout throughout Hamburg. And so they would put the leaflets in phone booths, mailboxes, bulletin boards, pretty much wherever they could at night and in secret, obviously, since it was such a, a tre- pretty much a, a treasonous death sentence. And so with that being said, it was the morality of what they were doing that probably kept them going because they believed that they were sharing the truth. They believed that they were making a difference, that they were helping educate some of the the German people to come to the truth and to essentially turn against Nazi Germany and not to buy into the propaganda that was coming from Nazi Germany. And so in some of the leaflets, Helmuth was calling Hitler a murderer, a seducer of the people, and, and essentially insulting him directly. And those were in kind of the early stages, and, and later on the, the leaflets kind of became more detailed and, and were making a case against Hitler and, and things like that, and against the, the German war effort, and essentially showing how the Germans were very, how it was very unlikely that they were going to win the war. And a, an excerpt from one of Helmut's leaflets or pamphlets says, German boys, do you know the country without freedom? The country of terror and tyranny? Yes, you know it well, but are afraid to talk about it. They have intimidated you to such an extent that you don't dare talk for fear of reprisals. Yes, you are right. It is Germany. Hitler, Germany. Through their unscrupulous unscrupulous terror tactics against young and old, men and women, they have succeeded in making you spineless puppets to do their bidding. And based on that, you can see that it's not just the Nazi party that he's trying to attack. He's kind of attacking those who are complacent and those who are just, I'm just going to come along to go along. I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm just going to I'm just going to tuck my head and, and just keep keep going. And so pretty much telling them, like, you guys are puppets to, to this. You guys are complacent to these crimes. Wake up, stand up, do the right thing. And because of the content that was in these leaflets and these pamphlets, the Nazis and the, the Gestapo thought that the pamphlets were being distributed by a group of adults because they didn't believe, I mean, at the time, teenagers weren't doing things like this, and essentially they believed that the te- a teenager or a child wouldn't understand to the level that these these this group was writing. And so they were trying to focus their efforts on finding a group of adults who were producing and distributing these leaflets and pamphlets. And while they were doing that, the boys kind of made a comp a pact that if they were to ever be caught whoever was to be caught would take the blame and all the blame without incriminating the other two in the group and so that's that was kind of the pact that they had and and they kept producing and distributing these pamphlets and then one day Helmuth asked Carl 
about translating the, the leaflets into French and sending them probably to some of the, the prisoner camps and things like that where there were some French prisoners of war. And, um, and Carl tried to talk him out of it, said, no, it's not a good idea. Helmer said, no, I think it's a good idea. Let's go ahead anyway. I know a guy. I know a guy who can translate for us. So at work, at his uh, during, he had an apprenticeship, and, and he took the leaflet to uh, another, another kid he knew called, and his name was uh, Werner Kantz. And he spoke French and was able to translate it. And so he asks him, hey, can you, can you translate this pamphlet? Hands it over to him, and Werner Kantz reads it and just really kind of makes a big deal out of it, throws it back at him. He's like, I'm not going to touch this. I don't want a part of it. Don't ever ask me to do this again. Like, I, don't, I want nothing to do with you. I want nothing to do with this. And so Helmuth walks away, and the supervisor, the party supervisor at the office Heinrich Monson saw this and pulled Werner aside and said, Hey, what was that all about? I saw the, the pretty much the conflict, what was going on. Werner was hesitant, didn't want to tell him. And then Heinrich said, no, I, I ordered you to tell me what was going on. And so Kant told him about the pamphlet, told him about the leaflet that he wanted it translated into French. And Heinrich told Werner to tell Helmuth that he would translate it and that he would, that he was okay doing it and everything. And, and so Werner went back to Helmuth, said, Hey, I'll translate it. I'll translate it, translate it for you. And Helmuth waited about a, probably about a week or so before going to back to Werner and with a, another flyer and said, okay, here you go, you can translate it. And Werner Kantz went and took the pamphlet straight to Heinrich Monts and said, pretty much, here it is. I, I don't want anything to do with it. And after doing that, within 10 minutes, the Gestapo was there and arrested Helmuth. Heinrich had called, they came, took him into custody, and pretty much right away the interrogation started. And they they couldn't believe that it was just this kid acting alone, and they wanted to know who the adult was behind it. And eventually they arrested a man named Otto Berndt, who was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as well, and was in the same congregation as Helmuth. Helmuth. And so they kept interrogating, they were started to interrogate this Otto Berndt and in, kept him in custody, interrogated him for three days with a bunch of different techniques and everything like that and came to the conclusion that it wasn't him. He didn't have anything to do with it, so they let him go and focused their energy back on Helmuth and he eventually gave up the names of Carl and Rudy but said that pretty much said that all they did was they just they knew about it they weren't they weren't involved it was all helmet but these these two friends knew what was going on and took all the blame kept his promise to his friends and 
later Carl and Rudy were obviously arrested and held in held in custody and then all three of them went to trial and at the trial the judges at the trial were hand selected by Hitler himself to go through all the evidence everything like that and they found that they were guilty of matters of treason and specifically Helmuth Hubner was guilty of treason and so they were convicted Carl was convicted of five years hard labor Rudy was convicted of 10 years hard hard labor so these two are going to be going to a labor camp and Helmuth was sentenced to death and during the trial the judge asked Helmuth do you really believe Germany will lose the war Helmuth said don't you <laughs> and and he also asked do you do you want to tell me that the German broadcast is wrong and the English broadcast is correct? Helmut said, exactly. So just that alone, just the courage and the boldness of Helmut st to stand there and look these Nazi judges in the face and just blatantly tell them exactly what was going on and exactly what he believed and exactly what he stood for is amazing. And at the at the end of the sentencing, as he's, I guess they gave him gave uh, Helmuth kind of a, a last words. Anything any anything else you'd like to say? And he he looked at the judges and said, "Now I must die, even though I have committed no crime. So now it's my turn, but your turn will come." And after after the sentencing, Helmuth's family. They appealed the conviction and did everything they could to prevent Helmuth's death and prevent him from being pretty essentially being tried as an adult. But that conviction was overturned, and it was overturned by Hitler himself. And so Helmuth was going to die, but they gave him permission to write three letters before his death. So he wrote a letter to his parents, his grandparents, and a family friend that was in his congregation. The The two letters, two of the letters to his parents and grandparents were destroyed, but the letter to his family friend was, remained intact. And part of that letter reads, I know that God lives, and he will be the just judge in this matter. I look forward to seeing you in a better world. On October 27th, 1942, Helmuth Hubner was beheaded for crimes against the Nazi party in Nazi Germany. Beheaded for treason at 17 years old. Carl and Rudy went to their labor camps. Rudy and Carl, they were both released a couple, a few years after when the war ended. Unfortunately for Carl, when he was being released, he was walking out of the labor camp with the, some German soldiers, and the Russians grabbed all the all those Germans and put them into a Russian labor camp. And Carl, unfortunately, got tied into and roped in with those same people. And so not only did he spend 
I believe it was three years in a German labor camp. He went and spent four more years in a Russian labor camp. And later was was freed and and everything, but just the the courage of these these three these three men, even though they were teenagers, they they behaved one hundred percent like men or better than a lot of men and are a beaming example of courage and truth and conviction and these are the types of people that we should be emulating and and the behaviors that we should emulate and at the same time as i was reading and learning about about him i was thinking about my own beliefs and my own convictions and if they're solid enough to act like these three men and so I think that now's a time for us to solidify our beliefs, solidify our convictions, and know what it is we stand for, and know what it is that we're willing to not only live for, but die for. So I invite you to look more into Helmut Hubner and the the three against Hitler, the three the three teenagers that had the the courage to stand up against him and 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 disobey to to stand out and to be different and thank you for listening to this episode and if you got anything if you got something out of it then i ask you to to share it with a friend or family or leave a rating review follow us on instagram at civil disobedience podcast and i'll see you on the next episode